Coming up, talking with Sully Baseball about the Red Sox bizarre trade for Mondesi and their terrible offseason because, of course, we love to rip on the Red Sox. And then part one of looking at the best remaining free agents coming at you today on today's Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. You are Locked on Diamondbacks. Your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On and make every moment more Locked On is the new partner with FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And let's get started on this episode of Locked On MLB. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Pockets Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast we talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. If you don't believe me, look at my lower third. You can call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer, easy for you to say, who has been a podcaster here on the Locked On Podcast Network for the last five seasons. I've been doing this for over a decade, but I've been doing it here at Locked On since the beginning of the 2019 season. Aha. Uh-huh. Back then, we didn't know any Astros were banging on a trash can. You can follow me at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Follow the podcast at Lockdown MLB Pods, Twitter and Instagram. But as you can tell, he's back, sitting yeah. right over there. Hair looking good. It's yeah. my partner at least once a week. Tell the people who you are. Yeah, that's right. For the YouTube audience, just got a fresh cut right before this podcast. So I'm looking good. Got the one curled down right now. Miller Thomas, host of Locked on Diamondbacks, of course. Don't have any Emmy, you know, nominations yet. Maybe one day we will. But follow the my personal account on Twitter, of course, at CreatorThomas24. Follow the show account, Locked on Diamondbacks, Twitter, Instagram. And, of course, please follow the YouTube channel, Locked on Diamondbacks, as well on there. Well, uh, it, we're recording this on the 25th of January, probably dropping on the 26th. Uh, I'm not going to tell Miller how to do his business. But uh, a couple of pieces of news I want to talk about right now. Hey, um, the Boston Red Sox could not have handled their shortstop situation any more horrifically. No. They had a homegrown, beloved, fan-favorite all-star who is part of multiple World Series champions, one being a little shady. He heard that, Astro fans. But the other not, being one that was Boston strong, Xander Bogarts, the X-Man, Xander Bogarts, someone whose name, like Noma, was built to play in Boston, played a decade with the Red Sox, was right there to be signed to an extension throughout the last few seasons. Boom. He's in San Diego. Oh, but don't worry. The Red Sox were smart. You see, they were super smart. And what they did is they got an insurance plan, which was they signed Trevor Story, or as they called him in Massachusetts, Trevor Story, to come in and he would play second base. And when Xander skedaddled, which eventually they were going to, Trevor Story would move over to shortstop and everything would be Jake. Except they forgot to check if he was healthy and he's not 
and he's going to miss, if not the whole season, then a big chunk of the season. Oh, if only they could find a star shortstop. Why can't they acquire players like Xander Bogarts? Well, um, today, uh, the Red Sox, actually it was the other day, um, Adalberto Mondesi. We need the Boston accent. Adalberto Mondesi, who, um, who had one of my favorite little, um, for the lack of a better word, uh, uh, footnotes in baseball history. He is the first person ever to make his major league debut in the World Series. Oh, he was part of the 2015 Royals. He's a minor leaguer for the 2015 Royals. He got called up, but didn't get to see an at bat down the stretch. And there was a series of injuries to the Royals uh, roster. And they put him on instead of Johnny Gomes, who probably was a more veteran bat, uh, because they wanted to have someone on the bench who could give them a little bit of, you know, a little bit of depth, um, you know, in, in various positions. And he came up and struck out as a pinch hitter in the World Series uh, against the Mets. So he got a World Series ring before he played in his first major league game. So there you go. The man has a ring uh, and then went on to make his big league debut. Uh, He wound up playing the last uh, parts of the last seven seasons, uh, leading the league in stolen bases, by the way, Mm -hmm. in the truncated 2020 season uh, with a whopping 24. That's used. Ricky Henderson used to call that a week, but uh, he got uh, 24. Um, also led the league in caught steals that season too. That is true. (laughs) That is true. Um, you know, he, he only played 15 games last year. So, you know, the man is durable. Um, he was acquired by the Red Sox in exchange for, um, uh, pitcher Josh Taylor. Um, he's frequently injured. Um, he's, he had a torn ACL that basically wiped out a season last year. He had left shoulder surgery and an ACL that required surgery. So clearly they are getting the next Cal Ripken Jr. in terms of durability. Oh, congratulations, Red Sox. You now have two injury-prone shortstops to fill the hole. I don't get what – I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, and it's hard to talk yourself into if you're a Red Sox fan because, like you mentioned, that durability with Mondesi, when you look at the games played for his career, only one season, 2019, was the only time he's played over 100 games at any point in his career, and that was only 102 games. So this is someone that has barely been healthy throughout his career. He has been a speedster, but coming off the season he just had, you have to worry about maybe the speed has diminished a little bit, and the Red Sox just don't have many options in the middle of the infield, Trevor Story still sounds like a little confident that he's going to come back and play at some point during the season. But it's already feeling like a lost year for the Boston Red Sox. They feel like the worst team in that division. And when you look at this trade, yeah, they acquired a shortstop, something that they really needed. But they gave up Josh Taylor, who had like a really yeah. solid season last year at the Red Sox. And the Red Sox bullpen has been their biggest issue the last couple of years. So it's like you're trading away bullpen pieces. You're DFAing guys also in that bullpen. I know you want to talk about Matt Barnes a little bit. Yeah. But it's like, 
the bullpen has been the weakness of this Red Sox team. And we know the middle of the infield is a weakness too, but you can't trade weakness for weakness. Like that's not going to help you if you're the Boston Red Sox. So I just don't understand. And we've been saying that for all offseason in the last couple off seasons. We don't understand the plan of the Boston Red Sox. And this is another move that shows that. Well, and it's something that my mom, I know, is listening to this show. Um, my late father had a saying, uh, which was, you don't solve a problem by creating a problem. Yeah. And uh, someone should Smart write woman. that in Latin and put that above the Red Sox front office uh, entry there. Uh, they acquired Adam Duvall as well. Uh, mm-hmm. for, let's see, forget, Adam Duvall was part of that weird Braves outfield when they won the world series in 2021, where they acquired their entire outfield with the, you know, was it, um, uh, the Soler, Soler and- uh, Rosales and, um, Jock Peterson, Adam Duvall. None of them were on the team when they broke camp and they mm-hmm. were all celebrating, came up with huge hits. Uh, lest we forget Duvall. I know we're not supposed to look at runs batted in, but he did lead the National League in the category in 2021, splitting his time between uh, the Marlins and the Atlanta Braves. Last year, he only played in uh, he played in 86 games, still had some power, still had some pop, not nearly as effective, um, and was not available in the postseason when the Braves made a shockingly quick exit to the Philadelphia Phillies. But again, this is and and, and I I mentioned or you you had hinted at. Um, Matt Barnes, who you have to go all the way back to 2021 to see that he was at one point an all-star reliever. Yeah. Um, and he had a bad year last year. He went from being their all-star closer when they wound up being two wins away from going to the World Series. Played on the World Series team uh, that, that won that Astros fans was a little bit shady. I'm the first to admit that. Um, he played nine seasons with the Red Sox. Yeah, really eight seasons because he only had a cup of coffee in 2014. But he's been DFA'd, which shows you how quickly things can turn around from a reliever. All-star team in 2021 uh, cut from the roster after 2022. You know, this is one reason why you probably shouldn't sign relievers to whopping long-term deals. And, you know, relievers should probably have that little bit of a cluttered baseball card where they play for different teams every year. Uh, I think Barnes will find a home. I think a team will take a flyer on him uh, because, you know, he's not that far removed and maybe, uh, you know, dusting himself off or a change of scenery or something. If I were a team that, you know, if I were a team that has thoughts of contending in their head, well, the D-backs are certainly one. I, you know, I always go back to Cleveland, which is a team that has images of winning a World Series dancing in their head because of the division and because of their talent. Could always use some additional pitching depth. Maybe the Angels, if God forbid they do anything. I don't know. Send them over to the D-backs. He's not going to cost much. But still, so I don't know what's going on with their outfield. I don't know what's going on with their infield. I don't know what's going on with their bullpen. This is with the Red Sox. Why are they, you know, they're acting like they're the Marlins at this point. Um, 
and you know picking up the you know broken pieces of Justin Turner and Kenley Jansen. They are more Dodgers on the team than there are Red Sox. Um, Which is I, I I just don't get this what they're this team what they're doing. Yeah, I would not be surprised if the D-backs want to put a claim in on Matt Barnes because don't forget Mike Hazen, that connection to the front office with the Boston Red Sox was definitely there for the scouting of Matt Barnes. And the D-backs have had a little bit of a philosophy shift this offseason. The bullpen want to go after hard-throwing guys. Matt Barnes still mid-90s fastball kind of guy all-star last year so i think he's still an interesting and intriguing pickup but yeah when you look at the boston red sox offseason like mondesi's young but when you look at the rest of the moves like the red sox got pretty old this offseason canley jansen's 35 justin yeah. turner's 38 chris martin's 36 Corey kluber's gonna be 37 adam duvall's 34 like this is just a really old roster now and it makes you wonder if they're just trying to keep it cheap you of course you're paying a lot of money to devers but maybe you're just trying to slow cook this thing over the next couple years get some of those other contracts off the book and then maybe retool this thing with some other pieces like obviously i can't predict the plan of this red sox because they've been so up and down with who they want to keep and who they're deciding to keep and let go because you could have easily kept the jd martinez if you just want old guys in the locker room that can produce and still be a veteran presence like jd martinez for 10 million bucks like there's no reason you could have done that deal or nady ovaldi you know if you're gonna i mean if they're going to have older guys, why not have older guys who know what they're doing there, or just go completely young and say, they "Hey, should. we're just going to we're going to we're going to keep Devers and a couple of veterans, and we're just going to call up the Worcester team and see what we got." And if I know we're, you. If yeah. we're not going to just basically saying, if we're not going to win this year, and then nobody can look me in the eye and say this is an organization that's trying to produce a pennant contender this year. Yeah, I know it worked in 2013 when you brought in the Napolis, who, by the way, got a Hall of Fame vote, and the, oh, really? the, the Stephen Drews and the Johnny Gomeses and the Shane Victorinos. But that team also had Ortiz. That team also had Pedroia. That team also had John Lester. That team also had uh, uh, you know Clay Buchholz. And they caught lightning in a bottle with Koji Uehara. So they had some pieces that were already in place there. I don't see those places in place here. And it's my least favorite kind of team, which is we're not good enough to win now. We don't have the pieces to be in place for two years from now. So that's a bit of a feathered fish. If you're going to have a year where you're pretty sure you're going to finish in fifth place, which they probably will, I'd be fine with that if there was a whole bunch of young kids out there that you're saying, okay, okay, we stink, but look at that young kid. In a couple of years there, he's getting the, he's cutting his teeth, and Devers is, you know, Devers is leading the way in the, in the, um, uh, in the infield, Kiki Hernandez, you have a couple of veterans there, but the rest of it are young kids. And like, okay, okay, by 2025, this is going to be a real solid contender. I think Red Sox fans will be fine with that, but not this. Yeah, and even if you're not really trying to compete, I would rather just keep the quality pieces on my team so they can be assets that can move at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Like, I know you want to talk about the best remaining free agents later. Like, someone like Michael Walker had a really fantastic season with the yeah. Boston Red Sox. He's not going to break the bank. You could have easily brought him back this year. And if you see the season's not going the right way, 
trade him to a contender, just give back some mid-tier prospect who's not even going to be that good, but at least you're building the foundation of treasure chest pieces and building toward the future and adding younger assets because you never know. Sometimes those random deals where you get a player to be named later, sometimes those guys turn into future all-stars and stuff like that. So if you could just keep adding pieces and assets and young guys to your farm system and to this team, like that's what you should be doing if you're the Boston Red Sox. Right now, like you said, they're in sports purgatory. They're in no man's land, which is always the worst place to be. With the new way that the MLB draft is working now, where it's like more of a lottery system, like if you're going to get that top pick, you have to be really bad. And the Red Sox are still making moves where it's like, yeah, we know we're not going to win the World Series, but we're not trying to bottom out either. They're not doing the Cincinnati Reds or the Oakland A's where it's like, we're coming into this year and we know we have no chance of winning the World Series. So we're going to put the worst product on the field as possible. Boston Red Sox are not doing that. They're still trying to salvage their product and what they're going to put on the field. But we all know it's not really going to amount to anything that's really that important. Yeah, I think, by the way, I'd put money on the Red Sox finishing in fifth place this year. And if you're putting any sort of money down, we got a new name for you. Do what Uh it is. It's FanDuel. We're excited about the new deal that we have with FanDuel. They are the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make sports betting fun and easy. Miller, do you have any thoughts on FanDuel and what they should do with building up, especially this weekend, which, by the way, you know I'm not a huge football guy, but I always love the conference championships because I love seeing that excitement of the home team possibly seeing off a team to the Super Bowl. Uh, You can't be call yourself alive and not be excited by that oh yeah i love FanDuel. they take money out of my pocket every single weekend during the nfl season sometimes it goes back in usually it doesn't but the great thing right now sully that FanDuel is doing that if you place a five dollar bet you'll get back a hundred and fifty dollars in free bets can you believe that they're giving no. you free money FanDuel is they can use to place more bets and hopefully win some more money. And FanDuel always do, does this thing where if you're like a new sign-up, they're going to give you like an automatic bet once you start. They're going to give you like a Steph, a Steph Curry scores two points tonight, you're going to double your money. So FanDuel, when you first sign up, you're getting free money, you're getting easy bets. It's a great platform, and I'm so excited to partner with them. Well, guess what? If you're football fans, place your first $5 bet, you get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right. Hey, uh, Miller Thomas, our mutual friend and uh, fellow Locked on MLB uh, podcaster, uh, Stacey Gatsoulias, yes. who was actually the person who dragged me into this whole uh, locked on world a couple of years oh, really? ago. That's funny. She's written a great piece. It's available on uh, WSA9.com. We'll put a link for it on our respective uh, Twitter pages. Uh, talking about the best remaining free agents by position. We're going to give Stacey uh, a shout out on this. Uh, but I also give Peter Pratt a shout out. That's the host of Locked On Marlins because I've been di- I, we've been saying this whole off season 
what the Marlins should do because they have the pitching staff and now they have the American League batting champion with still a decent pitching staff. You're basically swapping Johnny Cueto for Pablo Lopez at this point. Um, if you can have decent starting pitching and if you put a major leaguer at every position, you have a decent chance of at least breaking even, at least having you know, winning 81, 82 games. I look at Cleveland, same thing. Look around and say, like, hey, look, at you can pitch. You've, Cleveland actually has a great pitching staff. And if they just had a major leaguer at every position, blah, blah, blah. So um, let's open up her Ivor article right over here. Um, my, my, my setup here, it looks like Minority Report with all these different screens I have going on here. Uh, again, I'm, oh, God, I got to get these references that you can understand. Um, yeah. Let's go through what uh, Stacy said are the best according and, and this is great what they did using Fangraphs War, which I, you and I are not beholden to War, but it's no. I've treat War like Wikipedia. It's mm-hmm. a good starting off. If you're doing research, it's a good starting off point. And but what they did there, which I did appreciate, is combining the War from 2021 and 2022. So taking advantage of some of the fact that someone may have either had injuries or a down year or something like that. Let's taking into account the the last two seasons, who are the best at each position. Um, she has uh, at catcher Gary Sanchez, mm-hmm. who, um, I mean, you remember he burst onto the scene looking yeah, like a crazy superstar. And now he is just floating and I mean, it's hit 16 home runs but slash 205, 282, 377 with Minnesota last year um, and has had, uh, you know, uh, only marginal success as a catcher. Um, but he's available out there. And, if you're, and he does have some pop. I mean, he's not the superstar he looked like when he burst onto the scene. But I think if you want a right-handed DH occasional catcher, you could do a lot worse than have someone like Gary Sanchez on your team. Yeah, that's probably what he is at this point of his career. Real quick side note, I believe we are seeing the ending days of the war stat being used. I think it has a shelf life of like a couple more years. WRC Plus is starting to come in on its corner and take over. And I like that stat a lot better than like war. No more war. It's finally over. Just wanted to get that off my chest real quick. But Gary Sanchez. War. what is it good for absolutely just as it's good for some initial initial (laughs) research on a player and everything i don't want to get in trouble with the the sabermetrics crowd who who, if you dare say anything bad about war um that's gonna be my new thing every time you say a reference i don't understand i'm just gonna do that a little signal for the youtube audience going right over my head that's 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 a a classic song from the 60s anyway (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's oh, the 60s. Sully. If that's before my time, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that one. But, yeah, when you think about, like, Gary Sanchez's, like, career trajectory, like you mentioned, it's crazy to think about because he burst onto the scene. He was a two-time All-Star with the New York Yankees back in 2014 and 2016 where he looked like the best – or 2017, 2019, where he looked like the best power hitting catcher in baseball and put up an insane slash line, had over 800 OPS, was a 30 home run guy, and looked like he was going to be Posada Plus. I think that's what Stacy wrote in her article. Like he looked right. like he was going to be the next great 
homegrown star by the Yankees, a middle-of-the-order bat from your catcher. Like, we thought maybe Gary Sanchez was going to be the best offensive catcher, maybe since a Buster Posey, maybe a Joe Maurer. And at this point, like he, like you said, he should just be a platoon power pop because his biggest issue is his strikeouts. He's a strikeout machine, and he was even a strikeout machine when he was the two-time All-Star. But when you bat near 300 with an 800-plus OPS, you can make up for it. But when you bat 205 with a with a 282 OBP and a 377 slugging, you can't have 150 strikeouts to 40 walks at that point. So he, he just become too much of a negative at this point of his career. Like, I don't know. And he's still super young. Like, that's the thing about Gary Sanchez. He's going to turn... 30 he's either 30 or he's going to he just turned 30 december 2nd so he's not even like a guy that's like super old still in the prime of his career can still provide that power pop from the right side of the plate but is it worth it is he basically just a joey gallo at this point like he's basically just a right-handed joey gallo like what's the difference between those two players but imagine let me ask you a question here where did gallo where did gallo land this offseason yeah mm, i don't even remember I, yeah he, <laughs> But imagine if you have someone who's a left-handed has left-handed pop, and you have you have <laughs> Sanchez to be right-handed pop. You could Voltron. Do you know Voltron? Is that I over your head? I okay, you could Voltron that into a decent designated hitter spot. You can you know? do that. It just depends on the money, I guess. Because Gary Sanchez, if you're getting him for like five to eight million, you're probably okay with it. But if he's asking for like twelve to fifteen, like that's way too expensive for a guy of like Gary Sanchez who just doesn't do enough for you at the plate right now, outside of over the fence power. Well, I mean, but here's what I'll say about that. Um, what I'll say about that is the fact that the uh, if he's still unsigned now, then it's he may be in. Uh, it's going to be February next week. Yeah, he may be in full. Geez, I need to get somewhere. I need to sign somewhere. I need to reprove myself somewhere. And. Uh, I'm sorry. I mean, you're not if you're looking for top dollar and you're unemployed in February, yeah. uh, maybe you shouldn't stop. Maybe you should stop looking for top dollar and start trying to find it. The, the job that will uh that will make you look the best. Yeah, once we get around spring training, there's going to be injuries. There's going to be other things for these uh, remaining free agents to sign with contenders and other teams. Like Teams are going to start making moves. Some of these guys are just going to have to wait until probably opening day, right before opening day to get signed. That happens sometimes with free agents because there's still quality... Oh, I don't know how I said that word, quality. There's still quality dudes out there um, on this free agent market that we're going to talk about. That's it for this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Shout out Sully Baseball for the crossover. Got part two with Sully Baseball coming out tomorrow. Thank you for making Locked On Diamondbacks your first listen every day. Make your second listen of the day. The Locked On MLB Prospect Show with host Lindsey Crosby because he's a walking prospect encyclopedia doing a great job covering all the minor league systems. Thank you for making Locked On Diamondbacks your first listen every day. I got to say it again. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy. Deuces.